Welcome to another episode of our SaaS Stories podcast. I'm your host, Ash, and this is a show where I interview proven founders and industry experts who share their stories, strategies, and insights to help us build, launch, and grow your SaaS business. In this episode, I talk to Jimmy, the founder and CEO of Carbac Fitch, a UK-based company that has been implementing Microsoft Dynamics 365 for finance and operations for over 25 years. With a passion for entrepreneurship and optimizing business processes, Jimmy recognized the need for a software solution to engage and manage leads effectively. This led to the creation of Jaffrey AI, a SaaS-based startup that automates sales and marketing processes with AI assistance. In just 18 months, Jaffrey AI has generated global interest, serving over 200 companies worldwide with a team of 15 permanent staff members and agile group. Jeffrey AI is revolutionizing the sales landscape, bridging the gap between companies with the right value proposition and ensuring sales fairness. So I hope you enjoy it. Okay, Jimmy, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Great. Do you have a favorite quote, something that inspires or motivates you that you can share with us? I do. Uh, for me, it is keep failing till you succeed. Um, and I've heard many variations of this. Um, but power for me, it's the pinnacle of how we work. We test, we analyze, we check our results. Uh, in a high percentage of the times, you, we have a failed output and then we repeat the process. Uh, and it's a very hard job. Keeps people on their toes, trying to maximize the likelihood of, of our success. But you know, that's, that's how I, that's what motivates us. That's, that's our favorite quote. Indeed. I totally agree with you on this one. <laughs> the founder's job is not easy. It looks flashy and, you know, uh, you know, uh, nowadays in fashion, but it takes a lot of hard work and, you know, you have to compromise a lot of your family time, your precious time with your friends. Great. So tell us about Jeffrey AI. What does uh, the product do? Who's it for? And what's the main problem you're helping to solve? So um, as, as a company, we call Carbon and Finish, and we are Microsoft partner. We've been in the market for uh, 16 years now. Um, and as part of that, we've been developing a, a number of software products throughout those years. We've taken on apprentices, given them small projects to work on. Um, and at some point, we identified that uh, we had some products before Teams was there, a collaboration platform that starts to get a lot of traction uh, and ended up with a fairly large sales team. However, they uh, started to drop leads left, right, center. And I didn't have a platform that easily could keep engaging those leads and keep helping reminding the sales staff to pick them up. And, and that was the, um, that was the first step of, of what became Jeffrey AI. So we decided to build our own platform that would help businesses, um, to engage leads and help proactively tell the sales staff, you need to, you know, give this lead a call or send them an email. Uh, and that's what we have today, a system that helps you automatically engage with your leads, uh, respond to inbound inquiries, um, manage your pipeline and, um, and so forth. A, a lot of new stuff and interesting things that help you just sell more with, with a platform that can support you. Um, so, so that's the background. That's, that's how we started with Jeffrey AI. So it's kind of there to, to take your envision, your top salesperson in your business. If you already have a salesperson, map his process into Jeffrey and then let the other salespeople who join your business repeat that process with automation and AI at the back to support them. Really, that's 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 really interesting. Uh, the reason um, I was uh, personally very interested in this uh, interview is because as you I personally use the HubSpot CRM to to you know get the leads and get all these interview process uh, scheduled and everything. And uh, I'm new to CRM well. Uh, I've never used it before. It's just like, you know, learning on internet and uh, gaining more knowledge about how to use them, how you can create more templates, how you can, you know, create more snippets to 
you know, put up together and all. So what is what is the USP of Jeffrey AI which makes it stand out and differentiate it from other CRM systems? Well, so I, I think there's a couple of elements that's really critical for a micro or small business. One, one thing is it has to be easy enough. Uh, it has to be easy enough to get started. It has to be easy enough to use it. And it has to be cheap enough long term. So when you grow your business, it it doesn't mean that you start to spend a lot more money on the system that you invested your time and, and trained your staff in. And, and what we see in a lot of a lot of the systems that we're competing with is there's a very low entry barrier. And businesses start to invest their time, train their staff, and build up their data in those systems. But as you grow, the cost increases uh, quadruple for the business. And, and I think that's not reasonable because I think you as a business have invested a lot of time and trained your staff. I don't think it's reasonable that suddenly your cost should go up because you are a bit successful. So what we do is that we just simplify the pricing. We, we don't increase our pricing because you grow your business. Um, so there's a few things in that that we make uh, a, a very simple uh, approach for small businesses. Um, and at the same time, we offer similar features as, as you get when you pay a lot of money. So we're very, very price competitive. Um, and what I hear from some of the businesses that are moving away from the likes of HubSpot is that it's, it can do the same thing. It's easy. Uh, I can access it from my mobile phone or anywhere on the web. Uh, and once I have put in my sales engagement that we started to map out their uh, processes, then that's all I need to do. I have a system that can help sell for me. Uh, and I think that's the main key difference, which is that we don't all make it all complex. One of my you need to have it simple. Great, great. So basically, you make it so simple for the businesses that they don't even need to understand how CRM works. It's it's on the face when they log in and then you just start working. Exactly, yeah. So it takes you around 15 minutes to get started. You create an account. It'll take you a minute to create an account. You get you get 30 days free trial to test it out. Uh, you then load in your contacts. You can either manually create them or load in your contacts. And, and your engagement takes around five to 10 minutes to set up. Of course, a simplified engagement. Uh, or you can use one of the pre-built templates. And then the only step left is just to put in the content of what you want these steps to do for you. If it's social media engagements, if it's sending out a newsletter, or if it's just an ordinary email. And, and you can do it very quickly uh, using a template. So up and running within 15 minutes. And that's simple, you know, that, that means that a micro business that's a one-man band or two-man band can focus on doing that job rather than trying to learn and manage a new system. Okay. Okay. Great. So do you like have a freemium model or you operate like straight away from a base pricing model? So we started with a freemium model simply to get feedback from businesses. What is it that, that you want? What is it that? Uh, will make your business successful. Um, and we, we stopped the freemium model uh, end of last year uh, and then moved into a 30-day free trial period. So we've, we've received a lot of feedback. We've had 700 companies around the world who've mm -hmm. been trying and tested uh, Jeffrey I for their business and have fed back to us, what is it that matters to us? And, and I think, you know, as with anything, when you trial and error, um, you identify things you didn't know in advance would actually add value to a business. So what we can see is a micro micro business, a simple thing that adds value to them is a contact list, a, a list where you can call your, your customer or your lead from the platform. Um, or you can send all your leads or customers an email in one simple process. Uh, so these are values that we didn't really think added a lot of value because that kind of felt like you have your mobile phone and then then that's what you use. But you know, imagine you have a, a person in your office that receives an inbound call. It's a customer who wants to buy from you. 
Uh, the next step is that you try to engage the person who can close that deal, and they might be busy. So what you do instead is you add the contact into Jeffrey AI, and the contact will then be able um, will be able to con uh, call that person directly from Jeffrey AI, and Jeffrey AI will notify you there's now some new business there for you to pick up on as soon as you're ready. So that means you uh, efficiently can now share information within your team and and much easier follow up on how you you know close your business and get new business. Perfect. That sounds really amazing. I mean, um, I've always thought that if there is something which automates things which I'm doing manually on a daily basis, that would be amazing. And that's what exactly your spinning media says like, wow, you know, I would, I would love to try that. Great. Um, so yeah, what's, how did you come up with the name? What is this Jeffrey AI uh, stands for? Uh, well, it started um, in 2017, where we identified we needed someone to pick pick up this um, the the leads that we were dropping left, right, center, and <laughs> and a UK uh, kind of envision of Jeffrey to be a bottler, someone that that kind of you can support, lead up against that that helps you, you know, just get the extra things done when you're a busy person. Um, so Jeffrey is kind of linking to the bottler type of, of entity uh, and, and the AI is that we want the bottler to be artificial intelligence controlled, um, so automating where possible. So that's that's how Jeffrey AI, um, the name was born. Um, and I think our first prototype was just a, a face that, that was either sleeping or awake when it was working or not working. Um, and obviously that's, that's uh, most a lot since then. Um, yeah. yeah, so so I, I think that's been an interesting journey uh, from where we were to where we are today. But, you know, it works for us and, and it works for a lot of other businesses. Perfect, perfect. Is that good? Okay, so ben, can you give us a sense of the size of the business? Where are you in terms of revenue, number of customers, size of the team? Yes, um, so today we are 15 permanent staff. Uh, we're looking to grow quite a lot uh, over the next uh, year. And then we have 10 contractors that we work uh, with uh, based on the projects that comes in. So a lot of the, the work we get, uh, you know, it's very project-based. Uh, and then we resource it based on projects. So we usually have, you know, two or three projects going on at any time. And then we'll have our Jeffrey AI business, which is, um, you know, small businesses, micro businesses that are looking to um, to help sell more and also be able to compete with those that are big big marketing budgets, big sales teams. Um, so we're starting to see a lot of growth within those space. Uh, recently, we had one of the largest networking organizations in the world with 250,000 members uh, signing up to our platform to help engage their members. So that's, that's a big um, you know, a big positive thing that happens that even even though we have fairly small business, we do see very, very big organizations have an interest in what we're doing. Indeed, indeed, definitely. Because everybody everybody needs to manage their needs and, and, and sales process. So that's, that's a must. Great. Okay, so when you had that epiphany, did you look into the market where there was other products? What was going on at that time? And, you know, what did you see from the research that, um, encourage you to go ahead in the Jeffrey AI. Yeah, so our CRM system has been there for many years, um, and, and that's okay. I think uh, the challenge was that uh, CRM system means that you need to have salespeople that are administratively updating the CRM system with the correct data and inquiring the CRM system to get the right data out so they know what to do. And of course, you have your dashboards, etc. But but that's it. So uh, I looked in the market to find out, is there anything that can automatically engage my leads uh, and my customers? I did find an American company back in 2017. However, they were not ready for the UK market when I was looking. And I couldn't find anything else that could do the automation part. So that was the reason why we decided, well, let's do this ourselves. Let's start and see how far we can take it. Um, and we did a prototype, uh, and then we started to talk to a lot of other business owners. 
to get their reaction to what they felt and what they thought um, a product like this could could do for them. And and there was a lot of positive response to that. And that kind of made me feel, well, this sounds right. You know, it seems like there is a need for this kind of um, sales uh, automation engagement approach yeah. uh, that keeps engaging your customers and your leads. So we threw everything else that we were doing away and and focused on building Jeffrey AI. So yeah, that's been going on for six six years now. Perfect. Amazing. And, 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 and obviously you looked into the market and you couldn't find automation bait. So you thought that, you know, this is, this is the niche, which you can target, which not just solves the, the, the primary issue, which is, you know, engaging with your customers with a, with a CRM, but also automates things so that it makes the businesses like easier. So that's, that's, that's really good. So yeah, so I, I think just adding to that, you know, there, there's mm-hmm. many different variations of sales engagement products today, uh, and, and when I look, there's probably hundreds of them out there uh, that mention in one way or another that they can do some sales engagement. Uh, but based on Market Watch, where we are in the top twenty of key players globally in this market, and uh, as I said, our ambition is to make it single, easy, efficient, and cost-effective. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, great. And so, tell me more about uh, your team. Who who is there? Like, um, are you the single founder, and then you hired people to get more skills and more help, or you have a co-founder? How does how does it structure? I set up the business uh, back uh, yeah, 15, 16 years ago now, and uh, uh, I made my wife a fifty percent shareholder, and initially. I was the only one working in the business, and then nine months later, I invited my wife to join me to work in the business. So that's how we kind of founded business. Uh, so we, we're both 50-50% shareholder. Uh, end of the day, she's the boss. Um, Definitely. <laughs> I, I, I just did my very best to, to you know work as hard as I can and, and take the right decisions, but end of the day, she she pulls, pulls the strings. Um, yeah. And then since then, we have been growing organically. So it's very much been taking it slowly and not going too fast, making sure that we um, were agile enough. Um, so we've self-funded everything based on the business that we have won over the years. Mm-hmm. And, and with that money, we've then reinvested it into research and development, building new technologies, uh, and then slowly from that just keep growing so it's taken a long long time uh and, and some people could say maybe it's too long but i think that has put the foundation in our business that's very very solid um and we ensure that we've been profitable uh all the years um so that's that's been a very positive um thing that we've experienced and obviously we've seen growth numbers now that are the highest we've ever seen. So we, we're going into record revenue, record profits, uh, with growth numbers of more than two hundred percent. Uh and and it looks looks very promising with the things we're doing um due to Jeffrey AI. Great. Perfect. So you mentioned that you, you invested everything. So is that like purely bootstrap uh product then? You haven't got any investment till date from anyone? No, we bootstrapped all the way. Uh, we are now obviously considering uh, what we can do to get investment because end of the day, at some point, uh, we have to recognize that if we move too slowly forward, we will be overtaken by other competitors. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a limit to um, how slow we can go. So we are looking into attracting investment to take the leap into the next level of, of the growth for, for the business. But I think the most important part is that we've proven that we can generate revenue. We've proven that we can generate profit, profit, and we've proven that we have a product that people want to buy. And that was my main ob- objective to get to that point in time where I can prove to someone who's willing to invest that I can provide them a return for them. And so, that's why we, we now joined the program, uh, the Barclays program that we 
with your with just pencils. Indeed, perfect, great stuff. Have you ever tried? Um, I mean, you know, I, I know that you're a little bit further away from London, but have you tried Entrepreneur First or something like um, uh, HSBC startup programs? Well, I've tried a few different programs. Uh, we were, I was part of the Goldman Sachs 10,000 small business program. Uh, and, and that's been extremely helpful because that's given me a lot of tools to take the right decisions. Um, it's given me the right tools to understand what isn't that I'm selling and how can I value that. Uh, and at the same time, it's given me a very large network uh, with other business owners uh, no. or CXOs. Um, both competitors as well as, as potential customers and suppliers. So that, that's been extremely helpful. And I can only recommend any business owners who is going through the same stages of growing up their business to apply for that program. That's been brilliant. And um, then we've also gone through the Microsoft Startup Founders uh, program. Uh, and what I really liked about that is that they give the technology for you to build your solution. So it's a little bit the stage before the Goldman Sachs uh, program. It's why they allow you to get free credits for your, your SaaS application on their short platform. They provide uh, technical assistance and a mentor to help you take the right decision. Uh, and it kind of just gives you a, a, a boost to help you get started with your business. So right. that's extremely helpful as well. Um, and, and then we um been part of um, uh, some growth programs uh, that was government funded. Um, so it's kind of given us some ideas. We've had an IP audit review just to check is there anything in there we need to protect. Been a full pitch deck uh, review and presentation. So there's a few government programs that help you uh, sponsor these early stage reviews. So you can protect the interest that you have in your business and, and try to solidify your foundation. So when you, you move forward from there, it, mm -hmm. it's solid structure. Perfect. Perfect. Okay, great. So let's, let's, uh, uh, take a one step back and talk more about when you started putting the word out about this new SaaS platform, obviously, you know, you already knew that there are competitors. What? strategies you used to essentially bring leads in? For example, have you done the paid advertisement? Have you done SEO? What sort of strategies did you use to get the early freemium customers? Uh, again, it's been very much trial and error for, for that whole process, but I think we started with growth hacking. Mm -hmm. So so what we did is that we hired an external consultant that was an expert in growth hacking. And that was our initial approach. That was a part of our launch launch strategy. Um, and, and we did have 160 companies pre-signed up to the to the launch of Jeffrey AI. Mm -hmm. So that was a positive experience. Um, but however, since that initial stage, we've had to identify how do we then um, show the world that there is a product called Jeffrey AI. And, sure. and I think you have two options really. Either you have a very, very big marketing budget that you can spend on, on all sort of advertising, or you go out there and start to talk to people and meet people. Uh, and then you hope that at some point there is um, uh, the word of mouth type of uh, spreading um, that your product is actually adding value. So that was my my focus, trying to get to a point where the mouth of uh, what Word of mouth was expanding the message to the market. So we engaged um, with a lot of networking uh, groups. So um, Champions of Commerce, FSB, um, yeah, other different type of networks and our founders programs, trying to get uh, us visible as much as possible without having to pay a lot of money for it. Obviously, we still have to pay our time. Yeah, uh, well, that, that's absolutely fine because you end up building a network that you can lean up against in the future, and I think that that have helped us a lot. A lot of the business we we received early came from networking. Uh, today, it's transforming a lot more into the sales activities and the sales channels we're building up. 
Mm-hmm. And, and obviously we're exploring a number of different sales channels as we're growing. So it's a combination of digital marketing. It's a combination of cold calling to companies that are staff, uh, LinkedIn campaigns. Um, yeah, so we're kind of expanding as, as we grow, uh, yeah. because it allows us to invest more of the revenue we get from, from the business into building those channels up. And I think that's really critical as a business that you cannot depend on only one sales channel. You have to uh, build it up. Um, Definitely. Thanks. Um, I want to uncover the bit which you mentioned that initially, because most of the listeners of our podcast, they are new um, founders or entrepreneurs who are trying to, you know, grow their businesses uh, from scratch. And I, I think they would be interested in knowing, like, what kind of growth hacking strategies your consultant or your growth hack actually um, implemented on the ground to get you these 150 or something like that uh, number of companies onboarded before pre-launch? That would be really good to know. Yeah, so uh, our approach to that was obviously having a, a message of value, bringing message that kind of uh, made it interesting enough for uh, a business to be part of, of the, the launch. Uh, so, so that was the first part, having some landing pages that'll bring that message. So when you came to the landing page, page it added enough value. So, uh, you know, click a button, put in your email address. So it was easy enough to sign up as well. And and then that provided us, provided us all the information we needed for you as a startup company. We had some tools at the back that we then would analyze where did you come from, which country, um, if we could identify the company that you came from, we would then mm-hmm. pull up that information as well. Um, mm-hmm. And then we would send out thousands of emails to companies um, explaining them about our launch. Uh, and that data, um, some of it we had ourselves, some of it we, we had to go to markets to procure. Uh, mm-hmm. But that was the way that we did it. So uh, we didn't have to pay a lot uh, and then creating the landing pages was a few hundred pounds, um, and, and then sending out the email to to I think it was five thousand emails. You know, it wasn't it wasn't that costly to get it up all all and running, uh, but it had big because being able to show that you have pre interest before you launch mm. means something. It means that you're doing something that that can make a difference for the business that's now spending their time to take a look at what we've got. And I think that's really, really important because I know it's very, very difficult for a small business to to launch. Um, but if you can get that free initial interest, you can keep work that interest for as long as it takes. So mm-hmm. it might be that they, they just have an initial interest, but you can keep emailing them once a year and, and talk about what you've done to increase the value that your product can offer them as a business great insight great so basically um you um you know hanged into different kind of growth strategies you started putting in the landing page went out with all the emails you had harvested uh, since last 25 15 years and then you reached out to them plus you also reached out to other people who might be suitable like you know ideal customer profile for your business and then ultimately you ended up having you know so many uh, interests from different companies which help you understand okay uh, which gives you a sense of product market fit because now you're thinking okay we are going in the right direction we know what we're doing so let's say let's launch it and then see what's the what's the feedback that's important that's that's a good way to go forward for a for a software or for a sauce product uh, if you want to see if it's going to work or not Good, good strategy. So, uh, tell me more about how long did it take to build the first version of the product? Because you know, a lot of founders they keep working on the first version and MVP for like three months, six months, a year, and then they still don't have it because they want to make it perfect. And what 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 was your mindset before launching it? Like, did you see it like okay, this is fairly developed, bug free, or do you say, oh no? This is the right time. We don't care about how many bugs it has. Just launch. Uh, yeah, I'm the, the person who wants to get it out as soon as possible. Uh, and and I want to make it clear to the people who is testing it out that this is uh, our 
or beta version, uh, it is with the aim of them being able to feedback what's relevant for them if they were to use this product in the future. So I think within the six months of the first prototype being built, we, we asked businesses if they were interested in, in testing it. Uh, the UI was looking awful. Uh, you know, it was a Windows application, a few tab pages, and then, you know, all the functionality sitting behind that. So it was very nice and, uh, and user-friendly as such. But the main point was, let's get feedback already. Um, so that was my approach. Uh, we then kept updating the product uh, throughout that whole journey. Uh, some businesses came in a little bit too early with, with too high expectations of what the product could do for them. Uh, and, and dropped out. So we've had a few of those. Um, mm. But we've also had companies that stopped with with us throughout that whole uh, process. And and they have been part of building up the product based on the feedback. And I think that's been really positive. Uh, so for me, my advice is get it out there as soon as possible. Obviously, try to make it look uh, as nice and make it work as good as possible. So make sure you have a release process and testing strategy in place that kind of eliminate too many issues. Um, but even that has been a learning process for us to make sure our release process across countries and different development teams are efficient. Um, so that part is a learning process as well. Uh, but, you know, we learned a lot, but we engage customers or potential customers as quickly as possible. I don't think waiting until you have a perfect product is a good idea. I think that's too costly. And I think you end up building something where the value is really a fit for the for the user that you so the end to the system. Yeah, yeah. So on top of your head, how roughly how long it was? Was three months or less than three months when you released the first version? So six months after the prototype was built. So we built a prototype, we took a look at it, we um, valued can it do the things that we wanted to do and we, we decided yes that's possible. We built it, finalized the first version and then we released it out for a beta test. Um, it's been in beta for around three and a half years after that. Uh, so there's been lots of uh, activity and versions that's been released since, and it's been on, uh, through a number of UI, UX iterations by different companies. Um, so yeah, it's, it's taken us a long time to get to where we are today. But I think today we have, we have a tested customer validated platform that is priced correctly mm -hmm. and and we feel at so much value to you as a business that it's a no price yeah yeah and i noticed one thing that you mentioned that uh, the first version was the windows application so was it like a uh, 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 exe file which your customer has to download and install or was it like on the browser how, how was it uh, structure. Yeah, so it was a Windows application. So the way that we distributed that was um, a Windows installer uh, that would install the Windows application and then you would execute it. Uh, and when we then had an update, you needed to then apply that update. Um, so it wasn't very efficient. It was mm. uh, it was labor intensive in that sense. And we did recognize that in order to make it efficient for release management for customers, they eliminate them spending their time, we had to move to SaaS. Yeah. Um, so within 18 months from the first um, prototype that released been released to market, we we uh, uh, put all the efforts into making the application a SaaS-based application. Um, and yeah, that's, that's been our main focus. So, so everything we do that is micro SME business related is SaaS-based. Perfect, perfect. And and uh, currently, I'm guessing that you also have, you not just have the application on the browser, but you also have iOS and Android applications, right? Yeah. So, uh, so you you can you can use the um, the application from any devices. Uh, it is uh, adaptive to different screen formats, etc. So it, it is web browser based. We don't have an iOS app and we don't have an Android app because we don't really see a need for having an app as such. Everything is is dynamically adjusting to the screen and it looks absolutely fine. Uh, you have the same menu structure. Um, 
you can easily find access and uh, to to your different contacts and you have the same links so you don't have to learn a new thing and we don't have to maintain multiple different versions of applications and i think that it just makes it a lot more cost efficient for us than we can bring on to the customer indeed makes sense okay great stuff i mean for some businesses you know you don't need um application at all because your end customer is using it on mostly on the browser so why to invest uh, you know your efforts into that so that's that's good that's good um so uh tell me more about your icp so who is your target customer profile and you know um when you go out to do outbound marketing what is your primary criteria to look for them so what we're looking for is we're looking for micro and smes that uh, either are just entering the markets or they've just been a one-man band or a very small business for, for many years. And they haven't really had the time to invest or build up platforms that they can lean up against. So so we're targeting those because a lot of the things that we can add in value is very quick. It's very simple. And, and when they start to use it, they are very positive. And it just makes their day so much easier. Um, so we see a lot of those businesses, you know, it adds value to them very, very quickly. So that's that's our target. And, and we can't afford to, you know, a lot of salespeople selling this because there isn't that much money in, in the monthly fee that we charge. So the only way we can take this to market really is the word of mouth approach. And, and that's slowly happening today. Uh, I think with our with our additional tools that, that we bring in. So we kind of having integrations to lead finding platforms that feed Jeffrey, that the automated engagements that go and work these leads automatically and tells the salesperson when to go close the deal. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the kind of loops that we are building today. So we kind of go 360 degrees in terms of the value that we can add to a small business. So instead of him selling, the platform will take take his lead, I don't know, 50 to 75% of that journey, and he can focus on getting money from the actual work. Indeed. Yeah, that makes sense. So so you mentioned that you're doing the integration. What 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 platforms you are integrated now and what is the future uh, for the more integration? Yeah, so today we integrate with your uh, Office 365 email, so we read and, and auto-reply to your email, so Jeffrey and I will analyze each email that comes in and see if it can apply for you on your behalf, mm-hmm. that perhaps send a price list or, you know, respond to an inquiry, um, integrate with Google email, uh, and then we integrate to uh, LinkedIn, so we can send messages via our engagement to LinkedIn automatically. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also do a lead forensic, so uh, on your website, uh, it will then capture uh, company information of who is visiting your website or your different landing pages. That automatically feeds into Jeffrey AI and the engagement will pick up from that as well. Um, and then we integrate to Sapia, which allows thousands of other apps to integrate with Jeffrey AI in any way that other businesses see fit. Um, we're working today on JetTPT, so that's due to come within the next four weeks. And then we are integrating to offer content AI uh, providers that will help, you know, generate uh, your newsletter for you or generate your, your graphical material that you want to you wanna put a, on, a, on an email that you're sending out. Um, uh, so, so there's a lot of different things that we're doing, which is helping you automate more and more of the sales process. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and end of the day, our ambition is to cover that 360. So anything that you uh, are doing in sales t- today will be covered mm-hmm. by uh, automation and artificial intelligence. The only thing you need to do as a business owner is go shake the hand, sign the contract, look each other in the eye to make sure that you can deliver and the customer can see the person who's delivering it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's you know that's the must, isn't it? <laughs> Great stuff. So. Let's 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 talk about you and your co-founder. Let tell tell us our listeners more about you. What was your uh, journey until Jeffrey AI? Uh, some ups and downs, you know, because uh, what happens is a lot of people, especially during the pandemic, 
we had uh, uh, you know wave of founders coming into the entrepreneurship journey uh, connecting with each other talking about the ideas and now slowly when i go to central london and i host a lot of networking events there uh, i see that it's uh, you know appreciating that uh, you know that in a different way i wouldn't say that it, it's depreciating from 100% to 50% it's going slow but i see more and more start uh, startups coming around uh, f- not in the saas um space but in uh physical space for example uh, cosmetics or manufacturing etc because they are more intent to get funding uh, you know easily whereas um i'm myself an enthusiast about saas product and saas space so i always look for these saas products uh, coming into the market so t- tell me about you uh, what was your background uh, uh, before starting jeffrey ai and uh, when you what is helping from that uh, experience uh, to run uh, day-to-day activities in Jeffrey Air? Sure. Uh, well, I, I started with my education within trade and finance. So that, that was that was the basis of me learning how business operates and about the complexities within that. Uh, I, I set up my first accounting practice when I was 18 years old and I had to buy my, my accounting package which uh, allowed me to then do um, a bookkeeping for other businesses. Uh, and I remember the start was a one, one retail shop that said, well, we want to change our, change our accounting. Do you want to help us out? And, and I accepted that challenge. So that was kind of my first introduction to, to uh, you know, working with enterprise software systems and accounting software packages. And I stopped with that. Um, I ran my accounting practice for around nine years, and then I moved full time into being uh, functional consulting within delivery ERP systems to businesses, uh, yeah. focusing on, on finance and, um, and and yeah. So moving on from there, that, that that's what I've done since. I still do that today. Yeah, I've done it twenty five years, and that's my skill. That is what allowed me to set up my business. So I took my skill, my strongest skill, I set it up as a business and just keep working my skill. And that have allowed me to then take steps into other areas that I otherwise wouldn't have been able to. Um, so when you take on your first inquiry, for example, that's a big obligation. You know, you need to start paying salary now. You need to consider that they're going on, ho- going on holiday. They might have a sick day here and there, but suddenly that responsibility grows and your first employee is a big step forward because then you might also need an office. All these things kind of just follow step by step. Um, And as a small business, that's a big challenge. But I think I was more afraid of it than I should have been. Because once I started to to, uh, get these people in, things started to move a lot faster. And that naturally then started to automatically mean more business. So the growth came with the start, but it's a little bit like the chicken and the egg. Where do you start? And as a, as a person responsible for your own economy, you always want to de-risk how you approach this. Yeah. Um, yeah. So if you are not getting funding from someone else or other people's money to grow your business, then I think you are a lot more fearful to do it. And that's what I like about being bootstrap. You mm-hmm. very much focus on that balance. However, you slow down a lot more to, to make sure you don't step wrong. Um, and that has its benefits and, and its negativity. There are some very, very successful people out there that's been bootstrapped and have done amazing stuff, build billion dollar businesses. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely possible. Um, but I think for me, it's just focusing on the skills I'm good at, grow from there, take a few risks, expand slowly, and making sure that, um, you know, growing organically, you, you need to make sure your business is running. Perfect. Perfect. Cool. So, so for example, if, if, if you go in front of a magical mirror today and you see yourself 22 years old, younger, what, what advice would you give to yourself or our listeners based on this experience? I, I think if I look back, I would say. Sometimes the risks that I've taken maybe had been a little bit too much. Mm. Um, 
and then uh, do your due diligence in terms of when you engage in partnerships or when you are uh, engaging in contracts. Do your due diligence, making sure that you do as much as you possibly can to yes. eliminate any risk that you take when you grow your business. There's a lot of bad intentions out in the market. Uh, and if you're not if you're not careful, you, you can end up with the wrong people in your business. So make sure you always um, prepare yourself for who you engage with. Yeah. Uh, and that will help you just eliminate some of the things that will happen to you in the future. So that would be my advice if I was talking to myself uh, uh, 20 years back, you know, doing your due diligence a little bit better, Jimmy. Perfect. Awesome. Great. Okay, so we should wrap up, Nan. Uh, we are going to go into our lightning round, and I've got six quick five questions for you. So just try to answer them as quickly as you can. You ready? Go on. Great. Okay. Um, number one, what's one of the best piece of business advice you have received? The best business advice I've ever received is just keep trying. I think, you know, as I said, the, the quote initially, you know, uh, keep keep failing until you succeed. I think uh, someone said, just keep trying. Uh, eventually, it'll happen. You know, in your small child, you start to bicycle. You keep falling. You know, keep trying. That's what I tell my own son. Persistence. Yeah, great. Really like that. Good. Uh, what book would you recommend to our audience and why? I am not too much of a book reader, to be honest. Um so I did read uh, a book of um, uh, the four hour, um, the four hour body um, from, um, I can't remember his name, but the book is all about how, how can you uh, improve your life? How can you improve mm. yourself by, you know, losing weight, live a little bit better. And, and the four hour body is, is a 700 page book, which kind of goes a little bit deep into the type of new medicine that you can you can take just to feel better and uh, not age too fast. Mm. Uh, and I think that's been been a good learning, trying to keep healthy while also uh, maintaining a professional um, focus. Okay, so what, what is it called again? Four hours? Uh, For our body. For our body. Okay, great. So now add that into my real list now. <laughs> Right, next, what's your favorite personal productivity tool or habit? Uh, the productivity tool, <laughs> I think that's probably my spreadsheet. I have to be honest, it's my spreadsheet. It's where I keep everything that has a cost or an impact on my business. Uh, it's where I take my decisions of what investments I need to make. Uh, it's where I take decisions of what employees I can afford to hire. Um, so everything I do is, you know, forecasted based on cash in, cash out, uh, over the next 12 months. And I keep that up to date, uh, pretty much every day because it changes every day. Uh, I do have a finance package that I use as well, but it doesn't give me that kind of information easily. So the spreadsheet for me is, is the best productivity tool to manage my cash flow. Um, what's a new or crazy business idea you would love to pursue if you had the time? Uh, it would be manufacturing semiconductors or, or chips. I think mm -hmm. I think the, uh, the European market and the UK, US is, is not strong enough. And uh, recently the European Union uh, provided a, a grant, of, I think it was 60 billion uh, euros into um, semiconductors, uh, chip manufacturing companies to help boost uh, our capabilities. Um, and I think simply because we're too dependent on, on others, uh, we need to take more control of that. So if I had the time, uh, I would find a student who was studying this topic and I would help set them up, set them up with a business, find the funding, uh, and then make a successful semiconductor or chip manufacturing business. That's a great idea. I mean, if there's a lot of 60 billion euros, there's a lot of money. If, if that's available, then why not? That's great. And last, uh, what's an interesting or fun fact about you that most people don't know? What's one of your most important passions outside your work? 
that is not an easy question to answer. I think I think uh, most people uh, either don't share that with other people. <laughs> uh, um, for me, it is. Um, I really like to spend the time on the toilet by myself. Wow, okay. And I think as due to that's my personal time. Um, and that's where I take a lot of decisions. Uh, it's at the toilet because nobody is barking me with questions. Uh, there's no dad calling. Or maybe once in a while there's a dad calling. Say, my, my daughter say, I'm hungry, but it's what I think at the time. So that's a bit of a fun yeah. fact for me. I take my decisions at the toilet. Great. Well, thank you. Thank you, Jimmy. Um, you know, uh, thank you so much for joining me and sharing your story, unpacking the last years of building this business and some of the ups and downs along the way. Um, so if people want to check out Jeffrey AI, they can go to jeffreyai.com. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, we visit the website. There's a link to uh, log in and create a free account, giving you a 30 day free trial. Uh, and uh, for the uh, the medium subscription it's it's around nineteen dollars per user per month, so mm -hmm. it's it's you know it's not that expensive. A uh, couple of in mm -hmm. couple of beers to your friends in the Apple system really. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. And if folks want to get in touch with you, what's the best way to for them to to do that? I think if they have more questions or just want to you know engage, then LinkedIn is a good good uh, option. They can follow me on LinkedIn. Uh, they're more welcome to uh, to ping me a message, message. Uh, and of course they can also uh, contact me via our our company. Um, we have our call center that'll that'll put put people who wants to talk to me, uh, and it'll they'll connect with me. So there's there's different ways. I think probably LinkedIn is the best approach if you if you want to engage with me. Perfect. Well, thanks again, Jimmy, and I really appreciate your time to be on the show. Thank you very much for inviting me, Ash. Have a great day. Thank you all for tuning in to this episode of our SaaS Stories podcast. I hope you found our conversation with Jimmy insightful and inspiring. If you are a founder or industry expert interested in sharing your story on our SaaS podcast, please don't hesitate to reach out. Simply email me at ash at artcircles.com and let's connect for a potential interview opportunity. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe to our podcast and stay updated on future interviews with proven founders and industry experts. We have a lineup of incredible guests and valuable insights coming your way. Stay inspired, stay motivated, and keep building.